You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. It's 2 for 1 Tuesday. Order a regular price pizza from the Create Your Own menu and get a second pizza of the same or lesser value free. Welcome back. Leafs Lunch, Hour 2, coming at you. Julie Tesheri and Mike DeStefano here. Jay Rosehill, former Maple Leaf, will join us in the next couple of minutes. In case you've been living under a rock, the Leafs, huge trade over the weekend. Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Chari, new members of the Maple Leafs. You can see them in action tonight on TSN 4. Listen to it. On TSN 1050, when the Leafs take on the Buffalo Sabres on the road. What's that highway again, A.B.? The QEW? QEW. Yeah. Oh, that, was, that goes all the way to Buffalo. Yeah, that's where yeah. it so goes all the way through to Fort Erie, and then it stops at the Buffalo border. So cool. literally, QEW all the way through to, to Buffalo. That's why I call it the, the Battle of the QEW. I'll call that for the Argos and Ticats. Right. Battle of the QEW. See, so. I know that part of the QEW. I, I, like, once you get past Hamilton, it's it's a little bit... It's, oh, uh, she keeps going. Territory to me. She, I was on the QEW last night, coming I'm back sure you from were. Niagara. Like you basically pay rent on the QEW. I, oh, I did when I was commuting every day for the show. Oh, I basically was paying rent on that. Yeah, uh, I should have just popped a tent on the side of the road and just slept there. Might as well spend yeah, so much seriously. time on the road. Um, so when you look at this deal, though, uh, what's what's next for you? What's does, next? Does there have to be a, another move made? Do you think? Oh, well, I, I'm still in the camp that their blue line needs to be a little bit better. Like, so, would you be upset if Kyle Dubas didn't make another move? And this was, like, he's going to try, I think. But let's say prices are a little bit too high and he doesn't bring in another defenseman or one of, of significant, significant impact, at least. Like, could he bring in another, No, I don't know, think like it a, has to be a, do you think it has to be a, an impact defenseman that comes in? I, I don't know if I do. Well, I think they need more, I don't know. More what? Depth. I don't. I think they need a as, an impact guy. Yeah, like what are you going to bring in an, an eighth defenseman? Like you know. have that. I know what you mean. It does like, feel like he's got to be better than Jordy Ben. He's got to be better Muzzin than replacement. Right. Yeah. So now, can you make that happen? Like, can you make that guy up in a lab and then get him on your roster before the deadline? Like, I don't. I, that's what I mean. I just don't well, know if I see that guy out like is jake mccabe that guy is gavrikov that guy like are they even those they're guys closer or is to that, that guy. just what's available they're right. closer they're closer to that guy like they, yeah. they definitely are um you know connor murphy like are you gonna be player. upset if he overpays for a guy that's kind of an impact defenseman because that's what they're going for they've already decided i think this is the year to go all in yeah I, I think, like, you're not going to blow your brains out, obviously. Like, you're not going to trade Matthew Nyes for Jake McCabe. Like, that's that's not going to happen. Now, that would happen. be upsetting. <laughs> right. So, like, that's not going to within reason. But, like, if you get into a little bit of a bidding war, I mean, yeah, I think that I think I would expect for Toronto to do something. Like, if they could throw out, you know, Nick Robertson and Topi Nimala, you know, uh, 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 maybe you can even toss out their first-round pick next year if they really got into a bidding war for one of these players, like, maybe. But I, I would like to see... Will do I think that this team can't win if they don't make a move? No, I think that they're still good enough where where they can compete for sure. Especially when you add those two players, Achari, and you add Ryan O'Reilly. I think that there's certainly a team that if they won the cup, I wouldn't be like, wow, I can't believe they did it with that blue line. Yeah, like they've definitely played better. But if you got to give yourself the biggest chance to win, and they would have a much better chance with. You know, a, a Murphy or a Gavrikov or a Jake McCabe, Dmitry Orlov, potentially one of those guys inserted into that uh, into that blue line. That would make me feel just a bit more comfortable. 
Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, Goaltending-wise, you brought it up with drags. How do you feel there? Just a little quiet. Like, I agree with you in saying that it feels quiet around what's going on with Matt Murray. Like, no timeline at all there? No. Bit of red flag. Well, it's a red flag because no one knows exactly what's going on. Ankle, like, we've but been he still here. can't do everything. It is confusing. We've been here before. Yeah. Like, this is literally the exact same situation, it feels like at least, with Freddie Anderson. Where no one knew exactly what was going on, no one knew when he was going to come back, but you know he was on LTIR and there was no timeline, and they ultimately got to a point because that well, that was during actually the all or nothing year, right? So we kind of had a behind the scenes oh, look at how that was going right. on, and it was like Freddie's going to return when Freddie's ready to return, and it almost feels similar with with Matt Murray, where it's like Matt will return when when Matt will return, like you know they're not really pushing for him to get back as soon as possible. They want to get a look at Joseph Wall and see if he is a player who potentially could factor into this, you know, into this crease at some point and and maybe even that could get sped up a little bit. Maybe he does become the team's number 2 if if Matt Murray just simply can't go. I mean, I don't know. I I've got question marks when it comes to to Matt Murray. I really really do. Like there's there's not a whole lot of trust and faith there unfortunately. But at the same time, it seems like they really feel their goaltending depth is in a much better situation in state than it was, you know, a couple of years ago. Like they feel as though oh, once yeah. they get down to their third and fourth goalie and Wall and Shalgren, those are capable guys. You can get so, a competent game out of either one of those. Right, and it's like, not can, ideal. Can you find an upgrade on those guys? Like a, a surefire upgrade on those guys, right. and what's that going to cost to that's get fair. that? Like that's what I think realistically Kyle Dubis is is trying to decipher for himself. I don't know. Maybe we can get the guy, uh, the guy on the line. Maybe he's got a comment or two about that. Yeah, let's bring in Jay Rosell, former Maple Leaf. He co-hosts the Leafs Morning Take with our pal Nick Alberga. How's it going, Jay? Good, guys. How are you doing? Good to see you again. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks oh, thank for you. hopping on with us. Obviously, a lot to unpack today. It was a long weekend when, when Ryan O'Reilly uh, was traded on Friday. So maybe give us the player perspective. If you're a guy in the Leafs locker room and, and the group chat starts firing on Friday night, you see they bring in Ryan O'Reilly and, and Nolachari. How, how do you feel about that uh, as a player on the Leafs? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you're in the locker room, it's uh, you know the first thing you do is think about what did we give up for this guy? Maybe you don't know them, but right. you certainly know everyone in the locker room and on your team. So you're like, who did we give up? Who are we losing? Is it is it one of my best buddies on the team? Is it my line mate? It's those kind of thoughts. And then once you process that, you know, you think about who you're bringing in. And you know, in this case, I think uh, there's a lot of smiles on the faces. The guy's got nothing but uh, a fantastic resume and reputation. So I imagine everyone was pretty excited and. Uh, then when the, the day comes where he walks in the locker room, you just kind of get yourself acquainted and see how everyone starts gelling, basically, is, uh, is what I remember of it. So what are your thoughts on the deal? Your overall impressions, I guess we've seen now through two games, both Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari. What did you make of uh, you know, their first impressions in the, the blue and white? Yeah, well, first of all, I was thrilled with the deal. I mean, I, I really feel like we won it. I don't think we gave up too much. And, you know, with retaining a lot of his salary, I think it was fantastic and didn't have to give up anyone on the roster. Um, you know, some people who think that, you know, giving up draft picks isn't good. And I just laugh at that. I mean, what's the point of having a draft pick? It's to try to win games and get the best roster you can. And that's four or five years down the road. So right now the Leafs are in, you know, the top handful of teams in the NHL. It's time to go. It's time to win. So put your chips on the table and let's roll. So you can always buy back draft picks and trade for them later. So I was thrilled with it. And, you know, it seems like they've both been making an impact early. Uh, a few chances for O'Reilly, obviously. He's yet to get one. I, I bet that he's going to get one tonight against his former team. And 
Achari obviously chipping in too and looking really good. So I've been thrilled with the uh, with the trade. It was a bigger deal than I thought we were able to uh, pull off this this early. So it's been good for Leafland, I think. I always say parades over picks and prospects is always what I say to people because I had the same thing. I'm like, oh, big trade. And adds incredible depth, and like, oh, but now go look at the depth of their uh, draft capital. It's like, I mean, who, if they win a championship, like, this is what this game is all about trying to hoist Lord Stanley, and you bring in a guy like Ryan O'Reilly and a guy like Nolachari without putting anybody out. Like, they didn't have to get rid of any roster players, they're just strictly inserting those two talented players into this lineup. I mean, who cares? Who cares? Ultimately, like, I'm with you. Yep, totally agree. I mean, if the time is now, if your team's hot and you're making a run, then picks are irrelevant. I mean, you, like I said, you can always trade for those down the road when your team's not in that kind of a position. And, uh, you know, it's time to roll. And you get a caliber of Ryan O'Reilly and his playoff history and the trophies he's got behind his name and, and then just the character the guys have. I hear nothing but good things about him from guys who have played with him and know him firsthand. So I think it's a huge addition for the Leafs, and uh, you got to applaud um you know, the, the management staff are pulling that thing off and the cap crunchers and everybody else because it's not easy to do this, this day and age. And it seems like they really did it and didn't have to sacrifice a whole lot. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah. So ahead of the deadline, it was depth down the middle people wanted. They wanted to address that left side. They wanted more depth in the bottom six. And, and this move kind of handled all their needs up front. What do you think of the blue line now, Jay? Do you think there's still a move to be made there? Is, is the blue line makeup screaming well, Stanley Cup at you? I, I mean, it's not. It, it, they show a lot of depth and a lot of character. If you look back to you know November, December, when they were just riddled with injuries, you think, oh boy, this is gonna, this is just really gonna hurt the whole Leafs season. When you look at the, the amount of man games that were lost, and people just stepped up in big ways, and they showed a lot of depth on the back end. That being said, um, it would be nice to you know add a big piece, uh, like a, a piece of guy, a, a guy that has a lot of playoff experience that knows how to win, who's just that that solid guy maybe it's a, a rental maybe it's not but um it would be nice to kind of replace that jake muzzin right about now and then whether that can be done or not is, is yet to be seen well i am curious like we we talked about the top six being you know kind of fortified and it sounds as though we heard from keith today in practice that uh, Tavares on the wing isn't going to be a one-off they're going to get a look there but you know, what do you make of that move? Like, right away, getting Ryan O'Reilly, putting him in the 2C hole, and moving John Tavares out to the wing. Do you think that's best for his game? How does that change the game for him? Is that best uh, best for Toronto as a team? Yeah, I think it's an adjustment for him. But, you know, they've got a few guys on the team that they're willing to uh, and capable of moving around in their positions. And with the, with the talent that that guy's got and some of the guys on the team, I think they're easily able to adapt, you know, we know that Tavares is just a consummate professional and does everything the right way. So I imagine that if he has any any hesitations about it, he'll be crunching video and watching game tape and you know adjusting to you know that position. And I don't think a guy like him is going to struggle with it too much. And we know that Keith likes to to mix lines up and try to find chemistry all over the, especially the forward end. So I don't think that uh, that's a guaranteed you know position that everyone's going to stay in. That's rock solid. But I, I know that he likes to move things around and shake things up and seems like the players have been responding to it just fine. That's Jay Rosehill, former Maple Leaf. He co-hosts the Leafs Morning Take on YouTube. And uh, so all this trade excitement over the weekend, the Leafs have a back-to-back, and then they drop like just a crappy game to Chicago on Sunday just to take all the air out of the tires. Patrick Kane, the star of that game with a hat <laughs> trick. Was that like major revenge game vibes from Patrick Kane from you? What did you take from that? 
Yeah, I just think he was just doing Patrick Kane things. He's a player that's capable of doing that. And the bigger story is the the one that we've been talking about all year. It's just the anomaly of this fantastic team that's able, you know, to beat the Lightning and beat the Bruins and, and contend in the top tiers of the NHL that constantly is dropping points to the bottom feeders. And personally, I wish I knew the answer to it. I think it's a subconscious thing that's collective. Uh, within a whole hockey team that's kind of hard to address, obviously, because it just continues to happen. But definitely one of those head scratchers when, uh, you know, you keep losing to those bottom barrel teams. But, you know, when a player of uh, Patrick King's caliber comes into town and and he's on fire, it's going to be hard for anyone to stop, I think. Yeah, and I mean, they've got a very similar situation going on with the team that they play tonight. Like, they got the Buffalo Sabres, and it's the team that historically has given them a lot of issues. Like, they've lost three of the last four meetings. No, they lost six of the last, five of the last six, four of the last eight. Like, they just consistently have been losing to Buffalo over the course of the last uh, few years here. I mean, again, I, I just, when it comes to playing certain teams, is, like, in, in is there, who would you look to, I suppose, the question on that squad to just sit there and say, guys, let's let's just go out there and let's like we gotta wake up and win these games. Now that Ryan O'Reilly's in there, do you think that he could do that though? Like, is he somebody who has enough clout from being around the league for a while, where you think he could be a vocal leader in this te- in uh, in the locker room? Yeah, I definitely think he can. I mean, so far this year, I'm sure a guy like John Tavares has been stepping up and saying those things and. You know, when you say your piece and it doesn't quite work, as as we're talking about with these lower tier teams, it, you know, it never hurts to have new blood come in there and and maybe take a different angle on it. And when Ryan O'Reilly speaks in that room, I mean, he's got a consummate trophy, a Selkie trophy, a Lady Bing, a Stanley Cup. He's loved by all his teammates. He's just a guy that when he speaks, I imagine people are listening. And I'm sure he's uh, he's no stranger to understanding what the the Leafs' plight are this year. And you got a taste of it, obviously, on on Sunday against these certain teams. So if he speaks up in that room, I imagine guys will be listening and hopefully he can say something that can jar something loose in that room that that will help them stop dropping points against those kind of teams. As you said, Buffalo is actually pretty hot right now on a four-game heater, I think, and they seem to have the least number for for years and years, it seems like. So definitely if anything they can do to to change their mindset against the team like uh, they're playing tonight would be helpful. Yeah, very helpful. money on the board for O'Reilly too, you think? Yeah. Oh, of course, for sure. How much? How much do you care about home ice, Jay, for the for the first round versus Tampa? Av and I kind of go back and forth on it. Maybe I'm just like. No, I'm very much home ice. I'm team. No, home no. Ice. I mean, you and I go back and forth because oh, yes. I'm like, I don't really care. I've seen them lose at home. I've seen them lose on the road. Like, let's see if they could do anything anywhere. Uh, do you think it matters a ton where they play the first round? I think it does. I mean, at the end of the day, can you the teams lose when they have home ice advantage in, in the playoff series all the time? Of course, it's not a guarantee for anything. But when you want to start, the big thing for me is starting the series off both games at home. I mean, if you can get those two wins, I mean, you are so much in the driver's seat of that series. And, you know, just having the comfortability of, of eating at your pregame meal restaurant, sleeping in your own bed, being around your family, whatever it is, not having to travel, not having to switch time zones when it gets deeper into the playoffs, it's it's a big deal to have those first two games at home. And then obviously if it gets down to a game seven, uh, you want that to be in your home rink. I think it's just, it's just, just beneficial for obvious reasons. And at the end of the day, it's not the, it's not the world breaking, you know, end of the world thing. If you don't get home ice, but you certainly are trying to make it. And especially right now, when that's kind of all you're playing for, it seems like the playoff picture is kind of set up as far as our opponent. And 
you know that's what kind of harkens back to those drop points against those bottom teams that you yeah. should beat. It's uh, it's probably going to end up being the difference between home ice and not. Uh, with Jay Rosehill, former Maple Leaf and Coast, at least morning take, and you guys actually had Matthew Nyes on your show last week. How do you see him potentially factoring into the Maple Leafs uh, roster down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, that's something that you forget about when you're talking about kind of solidifying the bottom six a little bit and making deals. It's like there's a very good chance we have that Matthew Nyes coming in, and it's kind of nice for him because he doesn't have to come in and be a world beater and come in and and have the impact that he has had in college. He can kind of, you know, maybe if he does sign, he leaves his Minnesota team and gets 10 games under his belt, gets used to the NHL speed, and then, you know, he can kind of do what he does in the playoffs on that, you know, third line maybe, and and have some pretty good players around him and actually start making an impact. And, you know, is is the, the weight of the world on his shoulders doing it? No, it's not. He can kind of fly under the radar, and he's such a quality player. And I was really impressed by his you know, maturity level and confidence when we interviewed him that I think he has what it takes to come in and make an impact. So you got to kind of keep that in the back of your mind that there's a good chance we're going to have him down the stretch and in the playoffs, which he's just a phenomenal hockey player. I don't think that's going to do anything but hurt her, but help, sorry. Yeah, definitely a lot of fans in Leafs Nation excited about that possibility. Uh, we brought you and we were talking about goalies and what's going on with Matt Murray right now and just kind of how quiet it is surrounding his ankle situation. How are you feeling about the Leafs netminder tandem right now headed into the playoffs? Because everything else seems to be falling into place and the goalies were good to start the year. It seems like Kyle Dubas' gamble had paid off and, and now the health thing is, is coming to the forefront again. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about it. I know he's got a tendency to be injured uh, more than the, the average guy for sure, and I think people just know that, so we're not, you know, cracking our heads against the wall trying to figure out what's going on. It just is kind of his tendency, but I think there's a little bit of breathing room with the playoff picture kind of being set up and us having a whole bunch of depth, like you guys were talking about with the Chalgrins and the Walls, who can actually come in there and, and be a legitimate backup, you know, NHL goalie. Both of them have proven themselves to be pretty solid so I think they're just taking their time with Murray because there's no rush to get him in there and have him re-injure it and whatever's bothering him they're going to take the most time with rehab and with physio and with talking to the right doctors and getting the pictures taken and just there's really no rush to have him there because obviously the eye on the prize is the playoffs and I feel like they're just trying to make sure that he's ready for that playoff picture and that's why we're kind of not seeing a whole lot of buzz or any rush to get him back in right now that's that's my best take on it anyways. Uh, really appreciate taking time to, to join us today, Jay. Hope we can chat again uh, down the road real soon. You bet, guys. Thanks for everything. And uh, anytime I like talking leaf, leaf talk with you guys, so we'll do it again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> there you he bet. goes. Jay Rosell, former Maple Leaf and coast of the Leafs Morning Take. I was on their show two yeah, weeks ago, I think. I remember. He wasn't there, though. Oh, really? It was really? just me and, uh, me and Alberga. You yeah. guys hanging. I saw yeah, you had Hazy, on. On, Hazy B on the other day. Yep. Cool. Yep. It's a good time. It's a good time. I think, yeah, CJ, CJ, I think, was on their show today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's a good show. Go check it out. Um, yeah, like, the, the goaltending thing is just interesting to me. I don't know. At the same time, are you worried about it? Of course, because goaltending is so important in the playoffs. Yeah, and that first round is, well, they're going to go... They're going to go against Vasilevsky, and then if all goes well, they're going to go against the guy who's probably going to win the Vezina this year in Olmos. Yes, exactly. So, so yeah. <laughs> so that's what they're that's what they're going to see between the pipes, and, and hopefully what they've got is, is going to stand up just fine next to it. Um, as for the blue line, a little bit of an update from practice today. 
Sandine uh, did participate in morning skate, but will not play tonight. Sandine says his his return is close, and David Alter was tweeting that his shoulder was heavily wrapped up this morning. So uh, Sandine got injured in the game against Montreal, uh, did not return, and uh, didn't play yesterday or on Monday. Sunday, rather. Yeah. I'm all screwed up because of the, the holiday. <laughs> I know. Didn't play on Sunday and uh, won't play tonight in, in Buffalo either. So it looks like Connor Timmons will get another uh, another run with it. I didn't see... Let me see if... Like, what did you make of those D pairings? Like, Justin Hall up on the top pair. Like, do they, do they go back to... What they had the same game I, in, in Chicago? I, I, I'm curious to see because we don't get to see anything because they, they didn't do a full skate this No, morning. it was just an optional. I, I didn't love it. I, I think I speak for the people of the internet when I saw everybody <laughs> crying about it on, on Saturday. I definitely. Well, no one Sunday, loves to rather. see Justin Hall in the top pair. No, it's like, it, especially right now with, with his recent struggles. Yeah, it's not an ideal layout right now. No, it's definitely not. I feel like, I don't know, like for me, if if, if Sandine's out of a game, yep. here's what I would have Here's what I would have done. Now, again, I have no bearing, and I understand chemistry is a big thing when it comes to this, but like put Lilligren up with Sandine, realistically, yep. or, or um, Morgan Riley. So you get Lilligren and Riley, you could put... They've had a hard time, though, eh? That, those two playing together, haven't they? They've been fine, but like Lilligren's a better player now than he was when they tried it last year. That's they tried true. a lot more last year. I feel like I it was developed. actually against the Buffalo Sabres that it was poo-pooed. Was it the outdoor game? Was that oh, Lilligren or was that Sandine? I don't know. It was one of the little one of those, baby defensemen. Yeah, one of those two sweet defensemen. <laughs> one. one of them did have a, a really tough go. But I think like Lilligren's a guy. I feel stronger about Lilligren than Hall, though. Like at now this I point, do, yeah. at this point in, in the season, the way that they're playing right now, based on like the confidence level of them, I would probably feel best like if I were to if I had the lineup card and I'm Sheldon Keith tonight, Riley Lilligren, you can go uh, Brody and Hall because you know that Brody always props up Hall, be the babysitter, and they could sit there with Gio and, and Connor Timmins. Like that's probably how I would go with the lineup card if I was Sheldon Keith tonight. Um, but he, I know he's. So we'll see what ends up happening. No, you're right. That's probably what I would do as well. So we haven't talked at all either, AB, about the um, Ryan O'Reilly playing center on the second line as opposed to being mm-hmm. the depth third line centerman that, that we kind of thought he'd be when they yeah. acquired him. Do you find that curious? Sheldon Keefe is also, uh, I think you updated this already, but said that this wasn't going to be a one-off. They're going to stick with it for a while. Yeah, which it, it makes sense to see if it works. Because if it does, then I think you don't have to address the top six role, right? Yeah. Like going in, into the deadline and you're happy with your top six, right? Because that was the big coming into it. It wasn't necessarily center depth that people, you know, we thought needed help. Although it definitely is great to have that center depth now yeah. that you look at it. Because anytime your second line center goes down, like anytime you take Austin Matthews out of the equation, yeah. like you're a player of that caliber on any team, you start to look a little... Bleak. Thin. Yes. Like, that yeah. is just the way she goes. 100%. So, but the left wing position was always something that seemed like the, the spot to upgrade. And if you could do that internally with John Tavares, I mean, you, are you going to find anyone better than JT on the market? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that when Sheldon Keefe was talking about it on Friday, he said something to the effect of, actually, John and I have talked about him playing wing a lot throughout his tenure as a Maple Leaf. We just mm-hmm. haven't had the depth at center to try it. 
So and he does great work in the corners. Like we always talk about, like that's where JT gets his cookies in the corner, down low, in front of the net. Yeah, I, I always see him as a natural centerman, but maybe this will be kind of an interesting exercise in, in really loading up that top six. Yeah, we'll definitely be like that's a that's such a. God, that line, line is magical. Like, like, I feel like Ryan O'Reilly playing with Mitch Marner, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to get a million goals playing there with his bizarre little hooked stick and, and Mitch Marner <laughs> feeding him all the time. Like, when they came over the boards for that first shift versus yeah. Montreal, I was th- I was my job was on the floor. I was trying to think of something to contribute to tweet to to say that was funny, but I just couldn't I couldn't take my eyes off. It was electric. It was yeah. as they were all coming over the boards. You can tell how. How fired up they were. Oh, there was energy. Like, to start that game in Montreal, like, there was serious energy based off that trade. And, like, the first, second, and, and fourth line, I would say, like, that period was electric. All of them. Right? Yeah. Like, they all looked really good. Even that top line, like, Bunting, Willie, and and, and uh, Matthews, like, even those guys were really dominant. Now, you're playing the Montreal Canadiens. You'd expect to be dominant against that team. Right. Um, you would also expect them to be dominant against Chicago, and that wasn't necessarily the case. But still, I think coming into tonight, like this game against Buffalo, this is more of a challenge. Yeah. This is where we're excited to see, okay, what does Ryan O'Reilly look like against a deeper team that's fighting for a playoff spot? What does this lineup look like against a a quality opponent, right? They've had a day off for for rest, and let's see what they got. So uh, tonight's game is definitely going to be more indicative of um, maybe how we expect this team to play. Because night one, they're all playing off of vibes and adrenaline, I'm sure, like, Ryan O'Reilly, I don't know if you heard the story, but apparently the trade goes down Friday night, went to and, and asked for like the, the keys to the building in St. Louis to go and pick up his and Nolachari's equipment in order for them to get on a bird He's like a early hockey enough. Dad. Yeah, early enough for them to the get swigs. into Toronto so that they could play in that game because it was important for them to get going and to play in that game. And I mean, if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf, if you grew up in, in, in the province, you grew up a, a Maple Leafs fan. Um, and your first game, the opportunity to play a Saturday night hockey night in Canada game against the Montreal Canadiens yeah. in Toronto, like you are definitely going to take that opportunity and do whatever you can to get into that game. And he most certainly did. And both of them were a factor. And uh, you know, I, I expect for them to both be factors the rest of the way. And tonight, especially against the the Buffalo Sabers, where. Ryan O'Reilly spent a couple of seasons earlier in his career, so yeah. there'll be some money on the board for him. I think he's uh, he's gonna be looking to have a, a pretty good game. I would bet, I would bet, and this may come up in a little bit. Right, a little sprinkle on Ryan O'Reilly anytime goal. Okay, tonight. I'm I think, into it. I think he scores his first. As a leaf tonight, I yeah. Think it happens. Everything about his debut was so great. You could tell he was so excited to be there. Yep. The interviews he did, you could Got tell he towel. was buzzing. Uh, I'm just seeing a tweet from uh, Mike Zeisberger, who writes for NHL. He's going to join us tomorrow, by the way. Pardon me. He's joining us tomorrow. Mark. Yes. Oh well, he has a great story out. Uh, where he spoke to Ryan O'Reilly, O'Reilly's dad, Brian, who mm. was featured on the broadcast on Saturday. His tweet kind of went viral of, of Ryan O'Reilly's boys with their uh, roller blades on, so excited yeah. to see their dad as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Like, yeah. it, it's very storybook. Is he summer here? Do you know? I'll assume, like, his parents are still here. His, yeah. I was creepy's dad on Twitter. His dad was at a London Knights game last night, just taking in some <laughs> OHL hockey, enjoying himself. What a gem is Brian. And there's it. such a great story about his mom, Bonnie, too. Like, there was a, a team in. Uh, an indigenous team in Ottawa that was suffering racism and bullying a couple of years back. And I remember Ryan O'Reilly and his mom set up to have the whole team at uh, St. Louis Blues Ottawa Senators game, like got them all out. And it was nice. him and his, his mom made him aware of the story. He had them all out. 
I, I know another great Ryan O'Reilly story. Like I think he was in Nashville practicing the guitar, like at a at a guitar store, <laughs> and he ended up talking to this guy for a while, and the guy had no idea who he was talking to. And then O'Reilly bought him the guitar that he was he was oh. playing in the store. Like he's just such a good guy. It's such it was so exciting to have him on this roster. The Conn Smythe, Stanley Cup, and all that great off ice stuff about showing him. up in the Canadian tuxedo too. Like come on, come yeah. on. Those pictures were so good. Yeah, it, weird that he changes. His, I was learning so many interesting things about Ryan O'Reilly. All this, all this information. Like he changes his gloves every ten minutes. Every TV timeout, he gets a fresh pair of mitts. That happens more often than you think. I didn't, I didn't know that either. But, but every TV timeout is excessive. Like a yeah. couple new pairs. Guys will always switch them out at intermission. Like you see them put their gloves on little warming things. But even you'll see like if like a guy will go off. Like I've seen Mitch Marner do this uh, a lot actually too, where he'll go to the bench and right away he's just firing gloves off to the equipment guy and, yeah. and they're swapping it in throughout the game. Like that actually happens a lot more than than you think. But when you're there and you're watching it live, you can kind of see what's going on there. Oh yeah. But. Wait, somebody just texted and remind me of this. It was the day before he left St. Louis. Apparently, O'Reilly wanted to see a Make-A-Wish kid before leaving St. Louis. The last day he was in St. Like Louis. On Friday? On Friday, during the day, a video came out. So I think it had been shot on Thursday. But he mm-hmm. had a, a Make-A-Wish kid who was battling cancer out at St. Louis facility to, to sign a contract for a day and, and do that whole special thing. So well, just a great dude. We've been singing his praises for like two hours now. Well, it sounds like he's, he's, like he's a fantastic player on the ice, but sounds like an even better player off the ice. So uh, definitely something yeah, that... we talked uh, about the room and how this yeah. evolution of maturity has happened and, and just having a guy like that in there sets a really high precedent. Well, you can tell that they respect him because was it... Uh, I think it was the Montreal game. Those games almost blend together, but I think it was the Montreal game. Like... So automatically he's inserted into that second power play unit yeah. and like he's directing what's going on. Like they're also he's talking about what he wants to do, what players should do. It's like the guy's been like he landed eight hours ago. Yeah. And he's already like trying like to like taking too. taking initiative here and you know, like it's just that's what a leader does. Yeah. You know? So he did an interview and I'm always interested in how these dynamics work. But one thing he said during his interview that really stood out to me was uh, they're trying to win a Stanley Cup here. They they I've been there like I'm I'm coming in to help lead the way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a little bit of a bold thing to say when you come into a room like you literally get airdropped into a room from St. Louis. and You say I'm here to help lead the way. It kind of seems like a bold thing for a hockey player to say, yeah. but I liked it from him. I liked him saying, like, I've been here before. Like, I think there's something with this group, and I, I want to help them get to where they're trying to go. Yep, and uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the way tonight. Uh, Leafs and Sabres on TSN 1050. Puck drop at 7.30. Coverage starting at 7 o'clock. Uh, on the other side, let's get to uh, what's in the group chat coming up next. I'm Mike Stefano with Julia Teixeira. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Matthews has done it again! Now, Back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Check this out. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? When it goes down. Are you texting? Oh, yeah. It goes down in the group chat. We have these big group texts. It's very late and my friend is a little unstable. We're talking action and overreaction. You sent 97 unanswered texts in a five-minute span. Leafs Lunch presents... My phone vibrated itself off the desk. What's in the group chat? This group is hotter than hot. Interrupt this group chat to tell you that no, no, no. Marchand. This is in the group chat. Oh, 
Okay. This so has it been was put sent. into the group chat. Good idea. Brad Marchand, you'll remember a few weeks ago, came through Toronto, roasted Mitch Marner, roasted half the media. Like he's he's in his he's back in his villain era. He had a quiet era and he's returned to his villain era. But now it's taken on a new life form. No tongues involved. No nothing overly weird. He just he just uh, likes throwing out chirps on Twitter. Uh, today, the province of Alberta is his victim. The city of Seattle, his victim. Port came out this morning that the 2025 NHL All-Star Game... I find it hilarious when reports on this stuff comes out. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> you're, reporting, you're, you're digging up on the 2025 All-Star Game? Who cares? But, you know, good for you. Get your hustle in. Seattle, Detroit, Edmonton seem to be the front runners to host the 2025 NHL All-Star Game. Brad Marchand uh, tweets... Sorry, it started in the Instagram comments. So he comments on Instagram on this report. He says, LOL, I can't wait to see how many guys boycott that game. This comment makes its way to Twitter. Brad Marchand doubles down. He, he reposts the comment with an additional comment. He said, I mean, it's true. And then he gets into it with someone in the comments and says, uh, somebody says, not like you'll be making it anyways. And, and Brad Marchand goes, I hope not if it's in one of those places. And then he got a really aggressive response from someone um, in Oilers country who says something to the effects of F in Diva, go put on your nail polish and lipstick. Alberta's a little too tough for Brad. And to that, he responds, let's put it this way. No one's taken less to stay there. So he's taking no prisoners uh, on Twitter. Are you into this? Because I'm kind of into the idea of somebody. Because I feel like the NFL gets their social media drama. The NBA gets their social media drama. And you know what? The NHL, they get Brad Marchand. And that's what we get. And that's and that's our source of entertainment. Brad Marchand is currently on a six-game point streak against the Edmonton Oilers. So I'm not sure what Oilers fans are getting in. That's uh, hilarious. Like, literally six straight games where he's factored, and he's got, like, I don't quite understand where that uh, comment is coming from. He from probably fan, just, anyway. like, I love the idea that this, like, doesn't take any time out of his, out of his day. Because, you know, I feel like people are picturing him, like, thinking of these tweets and really, like, putting some thought no, into it. off the cup he's, he's having fun he just he doesn't throw care. them out there he does not care at all whereas no. I feel like some guys when it comes to Twitter, Instagram anything social media related like it goes through their agent before they put it up Brad's just meh, 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 posting yeah. like anyone's anyone's teenage nephew on Twitter and, and, look, and I like it I'm for it like I'm, I'm I'm liking a lot of the stuff that he's tweeting right now hilarious like, I'm, I'm liking it and it's these are getting shared in group chats all around hockey group chats. Like, legitimately, yeah. it's like, do you see what Marshawn is up to now? Like, look at, like, when he was rolling through Toronto and he was making those comments, he knew what he was doing. And then last year, when the whole situation went on with, with the Vincent Trocheck and the Carolina Hurricanes, like, he knew what he was doing, and here he is now making another, uh, making another, uh, not a stink, but... He just likes making. He's getting noise. active. He's he getting likes active. Getting in social feathers media. ruffled. I'm I like with that it. about him. Yeah, I'm definitely with it. All right, uh, something else that was being tossed around the group chat. Um, this one I got a couple of times. Johnny T should stay on the wing permanently. Well, shall we just listen to what Sheldon said about it first? Let's see, Sheldon, what do you think, buddy? I think he's done a really good job. First of all, being uh, embracing it and 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 going with it and. Uh, the advantage is I think it's it's less of a workload. You know, you don't have to skate as much up and down the rink and getting all the way back. 
so you know to that end I think there's there's some there's some uh, advantages for anybody that plays on the wing there uh, that can help them help them on offense especially but just more just to have a little extra gas in the tank but like I, like I said here we, this is something that you know we would have tried and want, would have wanted to try at some point and, and I just like the ability to go to go right to it here now and, and as I told John when we first made this move that it's something that it's going to be a one-off or anything like that. We're going to stay with it for a little bit and give it some some time to to come together. Uh, I, I actually thought that they had uh, a good night the other night. I'm going to look at some of their offensive chances. They're really close. Look to me like a group that's close to breaking out. Oh, they were definitely buzzing on on Saturday night, particularly. Uh, that trio uh, with Marner and Tavares and O'Reilly, but I'm definitely not re- ready to love like or like this would be a text if I got the text Johnny T should stay on their wing permanently. It'd be a text that I respond to and say, "How could you possibly say that after a two-game sample size?" Which I think is like a viable. Is it a two-game sample size though? Yeah. Well, like, what kind of trick question are you trying to pull here? Well, we know what John Tavares is. Is his game better suited at this point in his career on the wing? Like, we know what he is, right? Yeah. So it's like we've been talking about moving Tavares to the wing for a long time, like all season, like coming into the year. I haven't. Really. The question mark was it, it's a yeah. whether we have been talking about it, but like it's been a big it's talking up. point. So right? now, interestingly, so I'm it's seeing, not. Are, are you seeing kind of an adverse opinion now on? On, because I feel like the the I'm always interested to see in what like the general consensus is that I see on my on my feed, and I feel like what I'm seeing is lots of people saying like, why wouldn't you got center depth? So why aren't you using it as center depth? Which is a valid question. Yeah. So like I, I think I'm just not ready to be like, yeah, JT should be on the wing permanently. I think that's way too much for for me right now. Yeah, I don't think you're you're not loving the permanent part of this. Absolutely not loving it. Too but much I, commitment, AB. I do like it. I do like it. I'll say that. So it might be getting okay. a thumbs up at the very least. It's not a permanent like it's not a, a heart here, but I think it'd be a thumbs up because like what Sheldon Keith was talking about was and and something that stood out to me in that clip was it's less of a workload. And he won't have to use a lot of his tank to skate back and forth all that much because this is less responsibility. Yeah. Skating has always been his downfall. And if that's no longer, not that it's not going to be a concern on the wing, but it's less of a concern when it's on the wing. It's worth noting that it's had kind of a resurgence this year, too, his skating It comes and goes, though. Like It, it, it comes for like a quick four or five game spurt, and then it kind of fizzles out again. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that... Now, overall, his skating is better this year. Most of the time, yes. Okay. But, like, I still think that being on the wing, his game could improve. I think that it could improve. Like, I, I, don't, I don't hate it. I'll be honest. Like, I'm, I, I kind of like it, and I'd be willing to give it, uh, give it a long, long look. Okay. Let's say. Do All this. Right. Oh, you go ahead. <laughs> I'm used to reading these. Uh, well, do we have time? What do we have time for? One more here? Oh, God. We got through I one. I know. I know. We, well, the Brad Marchand one was technically, oh, right, technically right. one. Uh, let's do this one here. Noel Achari, going to be a Leafs unsung playoff hero. <laughs> like, this is a crazy one. Um, maybe. How, how do you ever guess who the unsung yeah, playoff hero is? Yeah, I'm kind of flushing this one. But like, I feel like, yeah, like he's he fits the parameter of who that guy occasionally is in the playoffs, a yeah. guy who um, isn't necessarily the guy with the most offensive prowess, but plays a hard game, and you know you're always going to get effort. Like he fits the he fits the bill of a guy that 
we could may I could maybe see myself saying, Wow, look, you really stepped up in the playoffs. But you can't you can't bet on magic happening. Like no. how do you like who last year was like, Oh yeah, Nick Paul's gonna be that guy against the Leafs that's gonna end the series. Right. Exactly. Make us cry for an entire summer. I didn't have Nick Paul <laughs> pegged as that guy. Uh but maybe, yeah, sure, he fits the bill. Yeah, I, I think like it makes a lot of sense in terms of he's a guy who you could see providing a little bit of offense for this group that you're yep. not expecting to see. And mainly I think it's what he could do on the defensive side of things. Like when I think yeah. of playoff unsung heroes, it's like guys who really put their body on the line. Now that's where I'm always guys who score timely goals and put their body on the line. And I feel like Achari could do that. Um, I think that he's somebody who uh, loves to get into the mix. He loves to play a heavy game. He's going to kill penalties for you. He's going to block shots. He's going to lay some big hits. He's a leader out there. He's a veteran of the game. He's played a lot of playoff games. So I think that Nolachari is, 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 like to your point, fits the mold of somebody who could be a Leafs unsung playoff hero. I think there's a bunch of guys who could end up being that. And the whole the term unsung kind of means that like we're not expecting the it whole to be unsung, that player. Like, they're but, not going to be unsung if we do this segment and we bet that it's going to be Nolan Chari. But like, it, could, it could be Callie Earncroft. <laughs> yeah, it, it could. could be Alex Kerfoot if he's still here. Alex Kerfoot has been a playoff performer. right? Like If he ends up scoring throughout the playoffs and he's still a factor on this uh, on this penalty kill david camp yeah could be considered a bit of an unsung hero like i would david camp may have been last year's unsung hero in the like they lost so yeah, you don't really right. look at it but i think he scored like three goals in the playoffs there like in the Kerfoot series okay against too, kerfoot was pretty playoffs. good he's been good the last couple of seasons so there's a bunch of guys who could become that unsung hero but i think what this really tells me is there's a lot of depth on this team yeah right and that's why when you bring in ryan o'reilly and you bring in noel achari and you don't subtract anyone off your roster all of a sudden you're just beefing up everywhere yeah. right you've beefed up your second line which you're moving guys down to the third line which beefs that up which moves guys down to your fourth line and that also gets a big bump so yeah that's where i look at this and and you know you, you like the move and yeah as a whole i th- find them a lot harder to push around now too like just injecting those two players who don't really get pushed around does a lot for me come come april come may yeah Absolutely. All right. On the other side, puck picks by Professor Alex Brother. We got a game tonight, Leafs and Sabres, uh, right here on TSN 1050. Puck drop at 730. Coverage starting at 7 o'clock, so we'll help uh, tee that one up from a betting perspective on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tesheri. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. It's time for Puck Picks with Professor Al's brother. Back to school. Back to school. Jackpot. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. It's the perfect time for Puck Picks with Professor Al's brother. There's been a lot of movement, actually, when it comes to this line a little bit oh, like yeah? the, the I was looking at it last night the over was set at seven which you rarely see it's it's a big number but it's one that is hitting a lot of games between these two teams going forward and it's been bet down surprisingly down to six and a half so clearly a lot of people who saw seven said that's a little high bet and they've corrected it now and it's at six and a half so if you still feel like to be a low scoring game the under at plus 120 is really good value I don't feel comfortable betting in total this game because you could get 
Like, what are you going to get from Samsonov on the road? Like, that's always a, a big question mark. And right. the Sabres have not played well at on home ice. They've got a sub-500 record. Then you've got the Maple Leafs who are coming off a loss, and they should come out and want to come play like gangbusters. But it's the Buffalo Sabres, so you never know how they're going to play against the Sabres. So when it comes to the total, when it comes to um, you know picking a side, I don't feel comfortable making that bet tonight. But there are three plays that I do have that I do like in terms of some props tonight. One I mentioned earlier today, the Ryan O'Reilly anytime goal, paying plus 140, or sorry, plus uh, 270, actually, and this this is a money on the board type of game for him. Like he's gotta go in there and he's gonna wanna score his first as a Maple Leaf. And I went back when he played his first game in a blues uniform back in Buffalo, scored a goal that night. So in his first game in a Leafs uniform You're back crazy, in Buffalo, man. is he gonna score another one? I don't know. That is but at, excellent, tremendous information. Thank you very much. At plus two seventy I'm making a sprinkle. Uh Tage Thompson, anytime goal also at plus one forty two. He's got goals in four of his last five against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ooh. He's uh, he's a leaf killer. Yeah. It's Tage Thompson and Josh Anderson. Those two are just leaf killers. All the time. So I, I'll, I'll put a little sprinkle at plus money on him. And then John Tavares on the wing. We'll see if he can end up getting a, a little bit, uh, you know, a, a big night in terms of the shot volume. At over three and a half shots at minus 110. I, I like that number. He's averaged 4.2 shots per game in his last 10 games. So to get that at a decent price, I think, is, is worth a little sprinkle as well. So I got O'Reilly anytime goal. I've got Tage Thompson anytime goal. And I got Tavares going over three and a half shots tonight. All those plays available on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Okay. I like it, AB. I like it. And how do we feel about tonight? Like, they drop a lame one against Chicago. Buffalo's got a lot to play for, but still, Toronto should be a significantly better team than this young Buffalo group. Should be. Should have been better than Chicago on Sunday. Should have been better what than been Columbus the Saturday prior. Yeah. Should have been better than the Montreal Canadiens two Saturdays prior to that. I, I, ultimately, right. yes, on paper, they should go out there and they should get the job done. Um, but you never know what you're going to get out of this Maple Leafs team yeah. when they're playing a non-playoff opponent. But, uh, you know, maybe you bring in Ryan O'Reilly, who's a good veteran presence and money on the board. They play for him and, and he has a good game. And come out victorious, get to the and get the full two points. All right, let's yeah, see it. Let's see it. You can listen to that game right here on TSN ten fifty, puck drop seven thirty, coverage starting at seven o'clock. Uh, if you missed any of today's show, you can find it on TSN ten fifty dot ca, the Art Radio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Gameplay with Matt Cos coming up next.